You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled The Dynamic Duo, Part 7. Enjoy. Thank you, Father, for your amazing love, which continues to overwhelm us each day. We thank you, Lord, that your love strengthens us and encourages us and gives us a vision for tomorrow, gives us dreams and vision for where you're taking us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing more of yourself to us today, for showing and unveiling to us more of Christ today. We worship you. We thank you for your word strong in us this morning, for your revelation of Christ strong in us, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for molding and shaping us today and moving us forward in your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in the midst of our series here, the Dynamic Duo. I think we're going to finish it next Sunday. We'll see how it goes, but I think that's what's going to happen. The Dynamic Duo, we're talking about the most dynamic team that's ever been on planet Earth, and that's you and the Holy Spirit. You say, me? Yeah, you. You and the Holy Spirit. Do you think of yourself in that way? Do you think of yourself as dynamic and important to God? Do you know how important you are to the Holy Spirit? Most people don't think, well, Paul was important, you know, and St. Augustine, but me? Yeah, you. You're important to the Holy Spirit. First of all, because he loves you, right? He's the one who made you, knit you together in your mother's womb. And you're important to him. He loves you. And he desires to reveal himself to you. Every day, he wants to unveil more of Christ to you. But not only does he love you with all of his heart, and not only does he desire to reveal himself to you, he wants to reveal himself through you to those around you. So you're a vessel that he's living in and wants to flow through. And, you know, that's the heart of God, to reveal himself. In fact, in the Old Testament, we see the the most famous, the proper name of God, Jehovah, about 7,000 times in the Old Testament. We say in English, Jehovah. And that that name, the proper name of the God of Isaac and and Jacob, comes from the Hebrew word, Hava, which is a verb, which means to be or to exist. But more specifically, it means, it it, it connotes this meaning of becoming known. In other words, I'm Jehovah. I'm the God who wants to become known or be known by you. I'm the God who wants to reveal myself unceasingly to you. And that's, that's, that's what his name is about. That's what his heart is about. He's the one who wants, wants you personally to know him more today as your father than you did yesterday. Yes. Yes. He's the one that wants you today to know him more as your healer than you did yesterday. Amen. More as your provider than you did yesterday. More as your wisdom than you did yesterday. And at Highway Church, we know 
that Jesus didn't come to establish a religion. He came to reveal the Father. He came to reveal the one who wants to be revealed, the one who wants to be known. He came to make known to you the very heart of God. And in this dynamic duo, you and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's primary responsibility is to reveal the Father to you, to unveil the heart of God to you. And that's what makes this relationship so dynamic. Let's look at the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. The God who wants to be known by you he wants you to know more of his heart today than you did yesterday. More of his strength, more of his love, more of his power, more of his provision than you did on Saturday. Luke 24, we're going to start reading in verse 46. And this is Jesus talking. This is the revealer talking, right? The God who came in the flesh. Now, let's understand the context in which he's saying this. At this point in time, he had lived and ministered and traveled with his disciples for over three years, significant period of time. And he was crucified. They saw him crucified. They saw him raised from the dead. He had already at this point appeared to his disciples after he had risen for another 40 days. Okay? And now he's getting ready to leave them. And he's getting ready to ascend back to the Father. And he speaks to them. And he says to them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance, and that's the Greek word that, that means, it's been translated repentance in the Latin, but really it's a Greek word, metanoia, which means thinking differently to change the way you think, to think God's thoughts after him, to co-think with God, if you will. So that thinking differently and remission of sins, remission means wiped out, gone forever. So that thinking differently and the destruction wiping out, complete removal of sin would be preached, right, in his name everywhere among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And we see that in Acts chapter 2. It began there. And you are witnesses, living evidence of me, right, of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father. And we know, we, le we learned what that is. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to learn more about that, we have some pamphlets out there on our info table. But also, you can go to highwaychurch.us, our website, Click on the iTunes button or the podcast button. Go back to the March 1st and March 8th message. We talked about the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, year of the GPS, part 7 and part 8. All right, so you can learn a lot more about that. You don't want to go through life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? You want to you live in that, in that power. He says, the promise of the Father come upon you, but tarry ye or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with dunamis, okay, with power. That's where our series title comes from. The dynamic, dynamite, life-changing, never going to be the same again, God power from on high. And the verse we've been referencing is Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus again said, but you shall receive power 
dunamis, dynamite, life-changing, God power, supernatural power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you, that's you, right? You shall be my witnesses. You shall be living evidence of who I am. I will reveal myself to you, and I will reveal myself through you. So the disciples, there they are. I like to sometimes imagine what that must have been like after spending years with Jesus the man and, and watching him ascend. And then what did they do? Well, they took Jesus at his word, and they went forward. They went into Jerusalem, and they waited. And in Acts chapter 2, we, we see the Holy Spirit come for the first time in the history of time, in the history of, of, of all time as we know it. The Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father comes, and they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the power is manifest in their lives through their mouth, as that's where power is manufactured in our mouth and in our heart. They begin speaking in other tongues, and in one day, the church goes from 120 to 3,000. Amen. Right here at Highway Church. Tell you a little bit more of that about that in a couple of weeks. I'm very excited about what God has been putting in my heart about the growth we're about to experience. Hallelujah. So they took Jesus at his word and they went forward. And that, I believe, is what God would impress upon us today to take him at his word and move forward. And from that day to this, the world has never been the same. So here we are at HC in New England in 2015, and we're taking God at his word, and we're going forward. We're not looking back. Before we, before we spend a little bit more time on that point, let's back up a little bit, and let's look at Jesus talking to his disciples some more. Because before he was crucified, he began to prepare them for this dynamic life they were about to enter into, this dynamic relationship. Let's go to John 16. John 16. Jesus said something to them in John 16 that, that was revolutionary, was life-changing. He told them that it would be better for them, more profitable to them, if he would leave the earth. Okay? John 16. Now, you understand, we're going to start reading in verse 5, but before we do, you understand that while Jesus was ministering on earth as the Messiah, it was a very unique period of time that will never happen again. He was the only person on planet earth full of the Holy Spirit, the only one, okay? No, they were, the disciples were not, the Holy Spirit did not live in them at that point. It couldn't happen. The Holy Spirit couldn't live in, in them until they were born again. And they couldn't be born again until Jesus was born again. The firstborn from among the dead. All right? And that's what happened in Acts. They, they were, or actually, when Jesus breathed on them, they were born again. In, in John, we see that. And then they received the Holy Spirit in Acts. All right. Let's check this out. John 16. So Jesus, in essence, was their Holy Spirit you could say, quote, unquote, right? In other words, he had the Holy Spirit living in him. He was being led by the Spirit, and they were following his lead, right? Whatever he did, they followed him. That, he was, he was their, their in-the-flesh guide, right? Now, in verse 5 of John, Jesus is talking. He said, but now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you ask me, whither goest thou? That's where are you going? 
But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. That's understandable, right? I mean, can you imagine Jesus living and traveling with him for over three years and watching him in this dynamic relationship demonstrate this nothing is impossible power? And he's saying to them that I'm going away. They're sad, right? Wait, wait a minute. What could be better than have Jesus living with you? Jesus living in you, right? Hallelujah. Sorrow hath filled your heart, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you. Now, what does that word expedient mean? You want to hear some definitions of it? It's convenient for you. It fits well with your needs, activities, and plans. It's easy access for you. It's practical, it's suitable, it's appropriate for you. It's advantageous for you that I go away. It's useful, it's beneficial, it's profitable for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. He says to his disciples, when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to be able to experience this dynamic relationship that I have with him. It's, it's going to be more profitable to you because instead of you having to see me and follow me with your senses, I'm going to be living in you through the Holy Spirit. It's going from an external thing to an internal thing. It's beneficial for you. It's profitable. It's convenient when the source of all of your needs is living inside of you, not 10,000 miles away from you, right? It's convenient when I don't have to wait in line to get my needs met, that I can come before the throne of grace 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no waiting, right? No hold, no delay, right? When Jesus was on earth, he could only be in one place at one time. We're going to see an example of that coming up here. So it's better for you today to have this dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit than it would have been for you to actually walk with Jesus 2,000 years ago in Judea. It's better to be alive today. It's better to have the Holy Spirit living in you now than to be one of the disciples back then. Let's continue reading in John 16, verse 12. Jesus says, I have much more. Is that the truth? Huh? Let's say those two words together. Much more. What does God have for you? Much more, right? I have much more to do in your life. I have much more to say to you more than you can bear. They couldn't handle what God wanted to do in their lives. In order for you to experience the much more that God has for you, you need the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's supernatural, this life we're living. We've got the Holy Spirit inside of us. In the Old Testament, it was God with His people. In the New Testament, it's God living in his people. We have God living inside of us. Verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into how much truth? All. All. So what does God have for you? Much more. 
What is the Holy Spirit leading us into? All truth. I love the way Jesus talks. I have much more for you. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you into all truth, every bit of truth. He's going to reveal to you every facet of the Father. He's going to reveal to you every corner, every area, every dimension of God's love and provision for you. He's going to unveil that to you daily. He will not speak on his own. Sounds like Jesus. Remember Jesus said that? I only say what the Father teaches me to say. He will speak only what he hears. And that's one of the ways you know the voice of the Holy Spirit if it agrees with the words of Christ. It agrees with the Scriptures, the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. So if ever you have a supernatural experience or you feel a, a, a spirit trying to lead you in life, but it doesn't agree with the words of Christ, with the person of Jesus Christ, with the ministry of Christ, with the Scriptures, you know that's not the Holy Spirit. You don't listen to it. You, you vehemently reject it, all right? You stay with the Word. You stay with the Scriptures. Stay with the Holy Spirit. He will lead you in line with the revealed will of God that we see in the ministry of Christ. And he says, and he will tell you what is yet to come. The King James says he will show you things to come. That's the Holy Spirit showing you things to come about your future. See, that's what fortune tellers are trying to imitate. That's what Satan tries to imitate, and people get all uh, off track by listening to the wrong sources about their future. Don't, don't consult your, what do they call it, your horoscope. That's a horror scope, right? Don't consult that. That's the wrong spirit. And Satan might put little elements of truth in there to, to, so you'll bite but the Holy Spirit is your fortune teller. Yes. Is what Jesus said, right? Come to the Holy Spirit. Yes. He will unveil to you your future. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, after the, the first 120 are baptized in the Holy Spirit, Peter stands up, says this is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. And he's, he's speaking to thousands of people. And he said, this is what was prophesied. The promise of the Father has come now. And now your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your young are going to see visions. Your old are going to dream dreams. The Holy Spirit's going to unveil the future to you. That's a part of this dynamic relationship to you. And you may be in different stages of life. Some of you might be uh, you know, just graduating or in school. Some of you might be uh, maybe retiring. Some of you may be uh, somewhere in the middle or somewhere beyond that. But God has a future and a purpose and a destiny for you. And he wants to unveil that to you. And he does that through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Verse 14, he will bring glory to me. Now look at this. As if Jesus hadn't said enough already. By taking from what is mine and keeping you from having it. No. And making it known to who? To you. Are you telling me that the Holy Spirit wants to take what belongs to God and give it to you? Yes. Jesus just said so. How much of what belongs to God? Well, keep reading. All Right? All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to who? Yeah. 
wait a minute now. Everything that God has, the Holy Spirit wants to bring it to you. Wow. All that God has. We receive it, Father. We receive all that you have. We thank you, Lord, for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. We receive every bit of it, Lord. We receive it all. So the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, into all the things of God. So the disciples took him at his word, and they began to move forward. And I want you to know this is a key in this dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit, is taking God at his word and acting upon it. Going forward, not looking back. Let's look at an example of this in John chapter 11, of going forward, not looking back. See, one of the things that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you is that God is right now. That no one could be more relevant to your now than the Father. That no one can do more for your now than Him. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know that God is now. And when you're in a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit, inherently you become forward-focused. You stop looking back. You stop dwelling in the past. And the Holy Spirit gently turns your focus forward. And He wants to move you ahead, move you forward, not this way. See, I walk into a wall if I go that way. I want to go forward. I want to go forward, okay? So in John chapter 11, we have an account of some dear friends of Jesus, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. In the beginning of chapter 11, Lazarus is sick, and Martha and Mary, his sisters, send word to Jesus. And their hope, of course, is that Jesus would come to Bethany where they're at and that he would uh, pray for Lazarus and heal him. Well, they get word to Jesus, but actually, if you're reading for time's sake, we're not going to read all through chapter 11. We're going to read parts of it. You'll see that Jesus, the word comes that Lazarus is sick, but he doesn't go anywhere. He stays where he's at for two more days. And sometimes people may misunderstand when you don't jump when a need is presented. There's no need to panic or jump when there's a need in your life. We don't have a panic button anymore. The Holy Spirit took our panic button away, right? We, we're, he's 24-7 working in our lives. So Jesus didn't panic, okay? He, he continued to do. He was led by the Spirit, not by the perceived need of people. Very important, okay? So he, he stayed where he was for two days, and then as the Spirit led him, he went back to head to Bethany where Lazarus was. But... By the time he got there, his dear friend Lazarus had died. Not only had he died, he was in the grave now for four days. So he's on his way uh, to, to see them, and, and Martha hears that the master has come. We'll pick up in verse 20. So she runs to see Jesus. And Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. 
but Mary was sitting in the house. Verse 21 of John 11. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus responds to her and says, your brother will rise again. Now, I want to show you something. There's a contrast here. Verse 24, Martha says to him, well, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now, I want you to notice a contrast between two ways of thinking. You have Jesus here. He says, your brother's going to rise again. He's talking about right now. He knew that his father was I am. He knew that his father, Jehovah, to be is a present tense reality. He knew that his father never sleeps, that he's going to act now and solve the problem now. And when you shift into the last day, into a now child of God, things change. When you stop waiting for the last day to come, stop waiting to be healed and declare that with the stripes that wounded Jesus, I am. Come on, grammar teachers, help me out. Let's conjugate the verb to be. First person, I am. Second, you are. He is. Because he is, I am, he gives us the power to be. Because he is, I am, he's given us the power to be healed, the power to prosper, the power to be victorious. He is, I am, and he's given you the power to be, to be all that he's made you to be. So there's a contrast. Martha's, Martha's thinking, well, yeah, duh, Jesus, I know at the last day he's going to rise again. But boy, if you had just been here, you know, four days sooner, it would have been a whole different outcome. And I think this kind of troubled Jesus' heart, that, that his close friends didn't understand this now reality of God, that they thought it was over. And you're going to see that as we keep reading. So Jesus says to her, he's trying to bring her forward, right? He's trying to get her out of this someday, last day mentality into I am, into the now reality that God is the now answer to your now circumstance, that he's the now answer to your now circumstance. And he says to her, I am, my favorite name of God. I am the resurrection and the life. Martha, you don't have to wait for the last day. I am right now resurrection and life. I am right now the power that you need to raise up your brother. I am right now. Stop looking for the last day and embrace this God life today. Stop waiting for this last day. Grab a hold of who I am on this day. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. She's still not getting it, is she? He said, Mary, your brother's about to get up out of that grave, and she's not getting it, right? So then uh, Martha runs back to tell her sister, the master's here, right? And Mary comes now. Let's jump down to verse 32. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, 
Lord, same thing, same response, right? Her sister, didn't her sister say the same thing? Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In other words, you missed it. Ah, things would have been different if you had just been here four days sooner. Now, I like Jesus' response here, and I want you to see this in verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, so they all think it's over, right? He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. One translation says he troubled himself. Now, yes, I believe he was moved with their sorrow because of the, what had happened to Lazarus. But I think there's more to it than that. I think he was troubled at their unbelief, at the lack of revelation in their life, that they didn't realize that God was present, that he was the now answer to their sorrow, that he was the present power to change what they were so sad about. And I think it troubled him. And you know, I think it, it grieves God's heart when we look so many places for the now answer to our problems and fail to realize that the answer, the resurrection, life, and power of God is inside of us right now. So he's troubled and he's groaning. And then he's, well, let's, let's keep going. Verse 34. And he says, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Oh, we, we serve a God that's full of compassion, right? He knows exactly what you've been through. And he knows the hurt and the sorrow and the pain you've experienced in your life. And he wants to heal it. And he wept because he's touched with the feelings of their infirmities. That's the God we serve. Verse 36, then the Jews said, see how he loved him. You betcha. You got that right. Verse 37, and some of them said, uh-oh, here it comes again. Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Same response as Martha and Mary, right? Oh, if he had just been here four days. And look what Jesus responds again after the third statement, right, of that last day mentality. Jesus groans again. Then Jesus again groaning, right? He's had people coming to him one after the other saying, oh, if you had just done this, right, it, this would have been different. They're failing to realize who he is. Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. So there's a stone between Jesus and what he wants to do in Lazarus' life. What is that stone? Well, do you remember that when Moses was on Mount Sinai in the presence of God, that God wrote the Ten Commandments on what? Tablets of stone. Well, Paul, tells, Paul, Paul calls the Old Covenant, the Ten Commandments, in the New Testament, he refers to it as the ministry of death. Lazarus is dead, and there's a stone between him and what God wants to do in his life. Paul tells us that the, the power of sin is the law. There's a stone between Lazarus and what God wants to do in his life. What is that stone? Trying to change things in life by my own effort 
effort, thinking that I can please God through my own works, trying to come to God on the basis of my righteousness and not on Christ. There's a stone in the way. There's been a stone in the way of so many believers' lives because when they come to God, they allow condemnation to rob from them the confidence that God wants them to have that causes God to groan and to desire more for their lives because there's much more He wants to do in your life. So take away the stone. We take away the stone by when we choose to stop living lives in our own strength, stop, stop trying, to, thinking it all depends on us, but we begin living life in his strength. Verse 39, Jesus said, take away the stone. Take away the, the life of self-effort, of self-righteousness. Take away the stone. Stop living life in your own strength. Hallelujah. And look at this. Martha, the sister of him who is dead, still not quite getting it, says to him, Lord, by this time there is, such, there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. So she's educating Jesus now, right, <laughs> on how a body decays. And Jesus said to her, oh, I didn't realize that, Martha. I'm sorry. Let's forget the whole thing. Let's go back to the house and just mourn some more. No, he understood what she was talking about. And again, he says to her, did I not tell you I am? Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Not on the last day, today. Would you let today be your day? Would you stop waiting and let today be your day? Would you let God take away the stone from your life today? Would you receive the healing that he has for you today, the new life that he has for you today? Now look at verse 41. They are getting this thing. They're responding. Jesus says, take away the stone. Look what they do. They took away the stone. That took faith, didn't it? I mean, for, you know, they're, they're conscious. This guy's been in here before he's decaying. This is, this is a, a, an awful scene. But Jesus said, take, they're acting on his word now. Now things are going to change. They're taking God at his word and they're going forward. They're taking away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He hasn't said anything yet, has he? Oh, yes, he has. You have heard me. You remember Mark eleven twenty three. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you have, past tense. Receive them and you will, future tense, right? You will receive them. Believe that you have them and you will receive them. So he says, I thank you, you have heard me. He's already talked to God about it, right? He already knows the authority that he has, that God is his father, that he's the now answer to this situation. That's already been settled. If that's not already settled in a difficult situation for you, it'll be very hard to take away the stone. We want to settle today that God is the now answer in our lives. It's kind of like trying to, to build the foundation of a home in a, in a rainstorm. Very hard to do. Jesus had already settled who God was before this situation ever happened. Yeah. See, we're settling it now on this sunny day that God is the now answer to our problems. And whatever may try and come our way, it matters not. We've got the victory, Amen. right? Because he's now. 
He says, I know you're now. I know you've heard me, verse 42, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Well, I just like to see the expression on their faces when, when this is going on, right? They're rolling away the stone. They're listening to, to I am talk to his father. Verse 43, now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Have you ever spoken with a loud voice to the issues in your life? I have. I have. Joy is mine. Health is mine. Body, you're whole. You're healthy and you're strong. Soul, you're whole and strong and full of joy. I have a sound mind. I'm abundantly provided for. God meets every need of my life according to His Glorious riches in Christ Jesus. With a loud voice, that's a confident voice. Lazarus, come forth. And verse 44, And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. The stones rolled away. He's free now. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. They took Jesus at his word and they rolled away the stone. And we're rolling away the stone in our lives today, the stone of depression, the stone of sickness, the stone of lack is not allowed in between us and God anymore. We receive the much more of God. We're allowing today the Holy Spirit to lead us into the abundant provision and joy and health and strength of God. Not tomorrow, today, now. Stop being so preoccupied with the last day. Now is the time. Today is the day. So many believers over the years are so preoccupied about when Jesus is coming back. He'll come back. Don't worry. He won't forget. Get into the now reality of him. Get into the now reality of what he wants to do in your life. Isaiah, last scripture, Isaiah 48, excuse me, 43. Are you ready? God is a now God, and he wants to right now in your life do a new thing. So you've got to let go of the past. Your past is no indicator of your future. God's promises are. Right? Isaiah 43, 18, forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. When? Now. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The message says it this way. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Stop reviewing your past and start reviewing his promises. Right? Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. Be now. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road 
through the desert rivers in the badlands. Thank you, Father. We're not looking back. We're looking to you, the one who is I am, the one who's always in the zone. We thank you, Lord God, for moving us forward today. We're taking you at your word. You are now. And we thank you for your much more manifest now in our lives. We thank you for your healing manifest now in our lives. Hallelujah. We thank you for your provision manifest now in our lives for every bill paid, all debt paid in this church in Jesus' name, in every, every person's life, every family, every home in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that you have made us new people. We thank you, God, that you cause us to prosper, that you are moving us forward in your plan and your purpose for our lives. Hallelujah. Glory be unto your name. We worship you. Are you receiving it now? Come on, we're receiving it now. We receive it now. Let me give you one more scripture. We're just praying. We're reading the word, Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10. This is talking about you. Just receive this as you're continuing in this attitude of prayer. For in him, that's Jesus, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. And here it is. This is for you now. And you are in him. You are made full. You have come to fullness of life in Christ. You too are filled with the Godhead. The we says it this way. You are in him having been completely filled full with the present result that you are in a state of fullness in him i want you to know you lack nothing in your life god has met every need open your eyes and see it grab it today by faith it's a brand new day the past is over we're going forward into the fullness of his plan for our lives and we're not looking back thank you father for what you're doing it's springing forth in our lives healing is springing forth right now in bodies right now in this room your provision is springing forth right now in this room thank Thank you, Holy Spirit, for all that belongs to the Father, giving it, transferring it, manifesting it to us and in our lives. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet right now as we get ready to go. I hope you're receiving this. It's now. It's now. We don't want the Father to groan because of our last day mentality, right? We've got a right now mentality. Whatever it is that you need, whatever that's, if there's a stone in your life, we're going to lift our hands right now and we're going to praise him. I want you to take away the stone and receive whatever it is that you need in your life right now. The time for waiting is over. The day has come. Now is here. He is I am. Let's do it. Are you ready? We lift up our hands right now, Father. We receive all that you have for us. We thank you that you are I am, that you are the present answer to our problems. You are the now reality. We're not waiting for the last day. Right now, you're the resurrection. Right now, you're the life that we've longed for. Right now, you're the answer. Right now, you're our provision. And we thank you, God, for your right now manifesting in our lives right now. Your answers right now. Your healing right now. Your provision right now. Your, your, the unveiling of our future right now. Your dreams and visions right now. Your purpose fulfilled in this church right now. We thank you, Lord. This is a day that marks the beginning of a new 
life, a new season, a new time, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Receive it, Highway Church. Receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. We invite you to take God at His word. Embrace who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Put your trust in Him today and taste and see how good He is.